Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of all the President's men. Unit 1 to Unit 2. What? We're home. Base 1 to Unit 1. Base 1 to Unit 1. Hold it, you mother! Hold it, please! There's been a break in at Democratic headquarters, and there were bugs in the place. Woodward, Bernstein, you're both on the story, now. Get out. Redford. I'm Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. Mr. Markham, are you here in connection with the Watergate burglary? I'm not here. Hoffman. Hi, uh, this is Carl Bernstein of the Washington Post, and I was just wondering if you can remember... All the President's Men. The story of the two young reporters who cracked the Watergate conspiracy. White House. Howard Hunt, please. He might be in Mr. Colson's office. Who's Charles Colson? Did you know uh, Howard Hunt? Well, the White House said he was doing some investigative work. What do you say? They stumbled into leads. Certainly it comes as no surprise to you that Howard was with the CIA. No, no surprise at all. They tripped over clues. We'd like to see all the material requested by the White House. All White House transactions are confidential. This whole thing is a cover-up. It's right on our nose. And piece by piece, they solve the greatest detective story in American history. There is no way the White House can control the investigation. I, I don't want to say anymore, okay? You've been threatened if you tell the truth. Is there a cover-up? Don't you understand what you're on to? Mitchell knew? Of course, Mitchell knew. Woodward! Bernstein! Get in here! At times, it looked as if it might cost them their jobs. You guys are about to write a story that says the former attorney general, the highest-ranking law enforcement officer in this country, is a crook. Their reputations. Why is the Post trying to do it? I don't know. Perhaps even their lives. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for All the President's Men, and the story is as follows. Two green reporters and rivals working for the Washington Post, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, researched the botched 1972 burglary of the Democratic Party headquarters at the Watergate apartment complex. With the help of a mysterious source codenamed Deep Throat, the two reporters make a connection between the burglars and a White House staffer. Despite dire warnings about their safety, the duo follows the money all the way to the top. The film is starring Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, Jack Warden, Martin Balsam, Hal Holbrook, Jason Robards, and Jane Alexander. It is directed by Alan J. Pakula and written by William Goldman. Here to join me today for this Patreon throwback podcast review, I have Evo Day. Follow the money, boys. Always follow the money. <laughs> and Danilo Castro. Run that, baby. And Dan Baer. They just don't make them like Robert Redford anymore, do they? Amen. <laughs> that, could, that could go for both the film and the man. <laughs> it's true. And also joining us as a guest here, we have the returning Brendan Hodges, everybody. Happy to be here, and I don't want a cookie. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, much like Dustin Hoffman in this movie, I took copious notes on my third rewatch of All the President's Men here. A movie that we're discussing for the release of the upcoming film She Said, which is another film in a long line of movies that I think have, in one way or another, been influenced by All the President's Men. It's really like the gold standard in terms of how to make an investigative journalism film. And there's a long history, obviously, with both the production of this movie, but then also, too, its influence over time. And then, you know, you can't but help, of course, talking about the real-world implications of what exactly Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward uh, accomplished here in terms of just going after sources, good old-fashioned journalism, ultimately bringing down the most powerful man in the country at the time, Richard M. Nixon. The movie is very much not so much about the aftermath of the investigation, but more so about the details of the investigation itself, adapted from the novel All the President's Men, which was written by the two journalists and came out just only a few years uh, prior, I believe only two years before the uh, movie release. But Robert Redford, uh, both as a producer and a star on this film, was involved very early on in securing the rights uh, for the book and turning it into the movie and the classic that it is today. What do we think of it? Why don't we pass it off first to our guest, Brendan? What are your thoughts on All the President's Men? Well, uh, I love this movie. This is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it is the greatest journalism film of all time. Uh, I think it's one of the great historical documents of all time in terms of cinema that captures kind of the ethos, the atmosphere of a particular point in American history. Um, And we'll go more into that later. Uh, I I think that it has ever-present relevance in our lives, uh, not only in terms of the fact that We've watched many of our rights as citizens be encroached upon in terms of surveillance, but also abuse of presidential powers. And you really could watch this movie in you know, the 80s, a decade after it was made, or in the 2000s, or the 2010s, or currently, and get new meaning and resonance out of this work of art as it pertains to our real-world politics in different ways, mostly sad ways. Um, I think that it also is just one of the great movies about um, abuse of presidential power in in general. Uh, The way it manifests that idea by having characters orbit this and how everyone is shushed and everyone is afraid and the way power silences people is all very intoxicating. And you see these characters in peril under that. Um, Besides the kind of moral and historical value of the movie, it's also just a great kind of rip-roaring entertainment. It's a crackerjack paranoia thriller. Um, It's lit beautifully. um, And it's a great movie about studying behavior. You see people behaving under duress in different ways, and that generates a lot of suspense. It's also one of the great movies about dudes. (laughs) You get these two main characters Woodward and Bernstein and their bromance kind of forming through mutual interest. Um, it's a great food movie. A lot of great snacking goes on in this film. <laughs> it, it's a great split diopter shot movie. Um, it also 
might be uh, one of the best movies, if not the greatest movie, to show the greatest phone acting in cinema history. So much great phone acting is, is in this film. Um, I don't know. I, I just think there's a ridiculous amount of things going on in the movie cinematically in terms of narrative that warrants many, many rewatches. Uh, the performances are really lived in. You really feel like you are in the room with these people. It's kind of weirdly a great hangout movie as well. Um, and I just think it's one of the all-time great films, basically, ever. So that's my take. <laughs> okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Strong words coming out of the gate here. Evo Day, how about you? So this film would probably fall into uh, the category of when I was a teenager and I felt like I had to watch all the quote unquote important movies in history, I sort of just put this on and probably didn't give it nearly as much attention as it deserved. And when you said that we were going to be doing this for a podcast, I was like, you know what? I need to rewatch this film as now that I'm older and will give it a lot more attention and understand what's going on. And I'm really glad I did get the opportunity to rewatch it. I uh, would agree with everything Brandon says. I It's certainly not one of my all-time favorite films, but that doesn't mean it's not good. It's actually very good. You could go as far to say that it is a great film of its genre, of its decade, of the stars that are in it that really give such great performances and are really indicative of a sort of star system and star quality that we don't really have anymore. Uh, I, I think one of the things that really struck me this time was realizing how the film is both very precise in, you know, its script, in the behavior of its characters, of the cinematography, and yet it feels so naturalistic. It doesn't feel rehearsed. It doesn't feel overdramatic in any points where it's not supposed to be. I really, uh, like I said, was really impressed with the two lead actors. Uh, I would say particularly Dustin Hoffman, I think, kind of in a in a sort of charming way that I'm not used to seeing him. He wasn't as as sort of nerdy as as I typically see him in films. I actually thought he was very dashing in this and you know, but you know, next to Robert Redford, I mean, <laughs> Robert Redford is just <laughs> is just so easy to look at, which and a great performer, let me just be clear about that. Um I I do find I found sometimes that because of how detailed this film is, I did get lost in the plot a little bit, and I'm fully ready to admit that that is a fault of mine, as maybe just not being quick enough, able to, you know, differentiate between all these characters. They used a lot of sort of slang language that you may not understand immediately, like they refer to the committee to reelect the president as creep. And maybe if you didn't catch that the first time, they'll keep mentioning that word, and you'll think, what are they talking about? And they keep saying the word creep. But that to me, isn't really a fault of the film as much as it's kind of a fault of me as the viewer. So I don't want to fault the film on its accuracy. I I don't really have any faults for it. I can't really say there's anything wrong with it. It'll never be my kind of 
film that I go back to because it is like what Brendan said, a dude movie. Like it, it's very, uh, it's very sort of clean. It's very uh, straightforward. I personally like a little bit more pizzazz in my films, but for what it is, I think it's fantastic. All righty. Danilo Castro, on to you, sir. I saw this movie for the first time when I was a teenager, and I think a little bit like you, I was I was uh, sort of able to stand back and be like, appreciate the achievement of the film and, and what it stood for and, and some of the performances, but it didn't really grab me. I, I, I was kind of, I did get lost in the minutia of it a little bit. Were you forced to watch it for school? No, I think it was just a thing of I should see this movie. It was it was that yeah. that first wave of being like I need to start seeing some of these important films, mm-hmm. and so it's one I've gone back to probably a handful of times since then, and each time it plays a lot better. Um, this movie is great. It is while it's really sort of steeped in the jargon and a lot of stuff that it doesn't necessarily spoon feed to you. I think that element really rewards repeat viewings um and uh to brendan's point it is a great hangout movie movies like this movies like zodiac they're if you're if you're sort of of a particular um if you have a predisposition towards you know looking into like what happened with this in real life what happened with this case if you like looking up stuff while you're watching a movie movies like this really reward that type of mentality and um it, it makes sense why this is sort of the gold standard that all journalism movies sort of pull from because it has traumatized but not to the point of being overwrought uh factual but not to the point of it getting in the way of entertainment like it strikes this really impressive balance um that i just think has aged beautifully uh even though there are dated components it's one of those rare films that uh it's dated aspects sort of help um to sort of uh illustrate the i don't know how to say exactly how to it supports the era of it uh because of what the the source material is whereas with other period pieces i think it gets sort of bogged down in stuff that can be interpreted as corny or or stuff that plays worse now but Mm, uh yeah no i'll save you know specifics for later on but um this movie's fantastic, and I get the impression I'll continue to think that it's better each time I rewatch it. All right. And Dan Baer. Yeah. Uh, what a film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it really difficult to separate this movie from the, uh, from the time in which it was made. I think in large part because it it, it it is so of the time in which it was made. It is so of the time of which it was made that they were able to get away with a lot of shortcuts in the storytelling and um, the slang and the terminology of things. Um, when I was watching it this time and that opening scene, I was like, what is going on? Who are these people? Who are we following? What's happening? But, I know that to people at the time that this was made, they would have known exactly what was going on in every scene of this movie. So while it does get, it can get a little hard to follow, especially if you're not really up on your history. I, as long as you are like paying close enough attention, you'll grasp enough to understand what these characters are going through and what roadblocks are coming in their way and why it is 
uh, almost ridiculously well crafted. <laughs> um, the cinematography, uh, the editing, the score, the um, the performances. I love. I think just about every performance in this, even like in the smallest roles, everyone is just doing such good work. All of which is to say that like this movie is too damn good to end where it ends. I've thought about this over time. Which is not to say that I think the ending is bad. I think if you're going to end it where they end it, it ends on a freaking high. I mean, just that typewriter pounding away is it, it, it leaves you the rush which is like very strange i don't know how to even describe it but it works but this movie is so meticulous and so well done and so well paced so well crafted so well performed for it to essentially only tell half the story is so frustrating and mostly because like i cannot think of a person who would watch this for two hours and 20 minutes and not have been okay with watching at least another 40, 45 minutes to get it to three hours, which is how long it should have been. They would have made this into a miniseries today. Absolutely. And I for think sure. there is a really great miniseries could be made of this, probably should be made of this because, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, it was difficult to watch because everything that we're seeing now and all the things that they're that Woodstein is are going through <laughs> I'm like it's so obvious did you like just combine your names and call him Woodstein yeah, like, okay I, I love that I like well, that <laughs> like he does in the movie <laughs> I you know what I, I didn't even put two and two together until like I heard you say it out loud and I was yeah. like wait what <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, that was their nickname. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was it was a little frustrating to watch now because you're like, of course, like, yeah, follow the money, you idiots. Yeah, of course everyone is lying. And you like if they're lying at this way then you know it has to go all the way up to the top like come on well that speaks to what you were saying before about the film being very much of its time and yeah you know putting yourself in like the perspective of people that were living in you know uh, during the early 1970s it's like yeah their main source of information was the news and everything that they were told about their government was that government's always telling the truth <laughs> yeah and this sort of conspiracy was inconceivable at yeah. the time and witnessing what we have gone through over the past i mean 
you could say two years, you could also say much longer than that is like, come on guys, put, put two and two together. It's not that hard, but anyway, I really, really like this movie. It, it could have been like absolute note perfect, but I, I do think it's basically essentially missing a third act, which is very frustrating, especially because it's so dang good. Yeah, very similar thoughts here uh, to a lot of what's been said so far. I read the book in college, and I remember the course was... I don't remember like the name of the course, but it was something about historical events and tying it into the media. Uh, so we would watch a corresponding movie, but then we were also asked to write these reports on either documents or books and things of that nature. And one of them was All the President's Men. And then and that's how I watched All the President's Men for the first time. Then I watched it again later when it was released on Blu-ray uh, for the first time. And now here I am again watching it for a third time. And like Danilo said, I grow to like this movie more and more with each passing viewing. I can tell you right now that having read the book before watching the movie was a huge help because I, as someone who has trouble with just reading comprehension in general, I was that was a hard book for me to follow. It was like so many names and, you know, as as what's already been said. This movie places you so much in the time. And if you think of it from the standpoint of, well, everybody who went to the theater in 1976 to watch this movie was fully aware of the storyline that they were about to watch because it was so documented uh, only a few years prior to them in the news itself. And back then, that was the only way to get your source of information. So, yeah. Majority of the country, if not everybody, knew about it. So I can fully understand like the movie's approach in that regard. Um, but still, as somebody who, you know, whether it was 10 years ago or even today, if you're coming at this like for the first time, it can be extremely daunting because a lot of the stuff that they mention, you kind of have to just accept it for what it is. And if you got to do a quick pause and Google search for something, I don't blame you. I found it actually very helpful this time around to watch the movie with subtitles uh, all throughout. And that made the experience a little bit better. Oh, that's a good idea. This is a big subtitles movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. I just did what a lot of people do when they watch The Crown nowadays. I had Wikipedia open the whole time. <laughs> just constantly checking. <laughs> hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our review for All the President's Men here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full over two hour long review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon under Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.